Yes, Jeff, on the farm, we have to leave the uh, faucets dripping in the wintertime so the pipes don't freeze up. I'm used to. That's what we do. Uh, I'm used to doing that when it's, you know, like five degrees or zero degrees. You have well, to do that even when it oh, gets yeah. barely below uh, freezing? Well, yeah, I mean, it's not as cool. But yeah, it froze up the other day when it was, because um, oh. I forgot, um, it was in the mid-20s, you know. Huh. I mean, if it's 30, it won't freeze, but if it gets in the 20s. I guess 20s, this building doesn't have that much insulation around the yeah, pipes. Well, the pipes are more yeah. exposed than yeah, yeah, more so. I'm sure so. this is fascinating to our listeners to, to hear about this. Just a little tip from the Fields Brothers. In the wintertime, if you own a farm, you might want to leave the faucet driven. Even a lot of houses, you know, but if it gets super cold, I mean, yeah, we'll do, do it at the yeah, house. Yeah, we do it when it gets zero, zero degrees yeah, or something. Right. But yeah. right. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers show. I think uh, I think we need to talk a little bit about what happened right after the next day after we recorded last time, and and uh, Mom's given me permission. Okay, we can talk all right, go ahead. Yeah, we had all, the wildest Christmas yeah, ever. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, um, this is the Fields Brothers Show. My name is Jeff Fields. I'm here with my brother Roger. We're coming to you from Central Kentucky, and uh, we enjoy talking about the uh, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the love of God, uh, the incredible difference that the cross has made and who we are in Christ and what that means to be in Christ and the the joy and the peace that comes along with that. So, a uh, couple last time we recorded, sat down here recorded, was the day before Christmas Eve, and <laughs> we thought it was going to be just a normal Christmas. And a few of our personal friends know this. Uh, our Facebook friends may already know this and don't want to spend too much time on it. But the, um, well, you, you tell. So what happened the next day? Well, I mean... On Christmas Eve morning, so that had been Sunday morning, yeah. um, Lori wasn't feeling well. She got feeling so poorly. We, I took her to the emergency room, and uh, she just had some stomach problems, a lot of nausea and stuff. And so they kept her for several hours, and um, I think gave her some medicine or something, but um, sent her back, and she didn't get much better. That, that afternoon, I went to my oldest daughter's house for Christmas. My mom was there, and she just got feeling horrible in the afternoon. And so I offered to drive her home, took her car, and had one of my other daughters follow us back and then called you and you came over and I think I said, you know, we just need to, we need to take her to the emergency room. Yeah. And so I mean my second trip of the day to the emergency room, Christmas Eve, you know. So we called the ambulance for mom yeah, and Yeah, called the ambulance yeah. and uh so they took her over there, but she was just in a lot of abdominal pain and um she said it was the worst pain she'd yeah I uh, guess she'd ever felt. Probably a little bit of an understatement yeah. Yeah. just to now, say she was in abdominal Pain. So do you want to tell what happened? Well, we got to the emergency room. Morphine did not uh, touch the pain at all. and uh, Several doses of morphine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so they did a, a CT scan, and um, uh, there was a, a serious um, abdominal obstruction. I guess yeah, that's a bit redundant. I guess yeah. any, any bowel yeah. obstruction. So anyway, she had emergency so surgery. Things were twisted on, in on there, yeah. Christmas Eve, and the ER doctor, the way he presented it to us, and Mom was there. We were all three in the room, and, and she was you know hearing all this just like we were. Uh, he was kind of preparing us for anything, saying they might be able to go in and fix it uh, in a couple hours, or it may take five or six hours, or they may not be able to fix it at all. And I, I remember asking him, I said, so anything we need to say to mom, we need to say now before they take her? He said, yes. And so, uh, I mean, that was a very surreal moment for yeah. the, the two yeah. of us to be talking to mom and yeah. very openly that, okay, mom, we may not. You know, we're going to see, you know, you're going to wake up one place or the other. Yeah. You're either going to wake up and see Roger and me, you know, or you're going to wake up and see Jesus and Dad. And Which probably be a little disappointment to so, see me and you, but, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so the two of us, Roger and I, found ourselves in the OR waiting room almost entirely by ourselves on Christmas Eve. There was one other section of the waiting room that had a, an Amish family, eight or ten Amish in yeah. there. 
And they kind of stayed in one area. And, and Some of the kids were sneaking there. a peek at the TV. Yeah, there was a had, football so we had game. The, we had the TV all to ourselves. I don't think they the were supposed ones to be doing that. But, so they. So then the surgeon came out after only you know a little bit shorter time, which was initially a little bit of a concern that it went too quick. Um, but he explained that he was able to fix things. And uh, but he was even then he was telling us you know. It was bad. Not completely out of the woods yet. Yeah, you know, they don't took know a what foot infection of the colon have, out. You know, yeah, and, don't know what infection may have got out and all that. But um, bottom line is, um, after ten days in the hospital, mom is uh, recovering and back home now. For I guess she's been home about three or two days, two or three days. And um, well, and then you know the next um, the next morning, then uh, Lori went back. You know, it's Christmas yeah. Day, she went back to the hospital. And this yeah. time they kept her. I mean, she, so so I had. Mom in one hospital, my wife Lori yeah. in another hospital, both went through the emergency room, and uh, Lori stayed in there for about four days, and uh, she had a stomach lining issue, and so they had to give her. They thought maybe she had going to have to have a gallbladder taken out, but that wasn't the case, and so they put her on medicine, and she got COVID somewhere along the yeah. line, and so um, I never got. It. I got tested twice and never got it, but I couldn't go see mom in the hospital because I wasn't sure that you know. I mean, I could have been. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I could have gotten COVID after I tested the first time, and so. But after the second test, we're pretty sure I didn't have it. So. But wait, there's more. There's more. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So one of those nights, yeah. well, I think when Lori was in the hospital, Teresa yeah. got uh, your wife. Yeah. A, a severe uh, headache, not like a normal headache. She doesn't have a lot of headaches to begin with, but the, this one was definitely not normal. And f- several years ago, she had had a brain surgery from a, a brain bleed, and so you know the concern was is something gone awry with that? Yeah. She had not had any. Uh, you know, falls or jolts or anything, but you know, you just never. So we we found ourselves in the ER at at a one one in the morning. Yeah. So I'm I'm in the ER with Teresa. Mom's upstairs on the fifth floor. Yeah, in her room, and so we were there all night. Did a CAT scan. Unfortunately, that that was normal. And so, um, so between the two of us, we were in the emergency room five times yeah. in about a two day span. Yeah, that was it was a crazy. And so you know, we get released Christmas. from the ER around seven or so. So I run up to see mom before we leave, and <laughs> she has no idea that I've been down in the ER all night long. So. But everybody seems to be on the men's now. Everybody's doing right great. They mom. call mom a Christmas miracle. Yeah, yeah. And the doctor that gave you this kind of gloomy outcome, you know, in the, in the um, emergency room came up just while I was there. He was wide-eyed, and he was just grinning. Like, yeah. he said, he read on the report. She was doing remarkably yeah. well, or amazingly, amazingly well. Amazingly well. Yeah. And uh, so he just wanted to see that. So it was it was something And I have else. never yeah. known of a ER doctor to come up yeah. on the one of the floors the yeah. next day to see a patient. That's he said not what he they needed do. some good news. I guess he has oh, really? a patient that weren't doing so well, oh, really? you know, so he said he needed that. Yeah. So said. it was Christmas miracle. So we are, uh, this will be a Christmas to remember. The Christmas of and, 23. Uh, yeah, yeah, boy. And so, um, <laughs> but uh, mom's uh, doing fairly well, still moving slow and very weak from being in the hospital 10 days, but making progress. And um, so, um, and I think she said, uh, I don't think I've even told you, she's, Think she's going to be okay tonight. That, that yeah. she doesn't need yeah. either one of us. So uh, yeah, we've been. Oh, I also learned why you why you were so quick to stay a second night with her. I really I discovered the uh, the stash that she has of snacks and crackers. Oh uh, yeah, in the one cabinet. Yeah. Oh said yeah. You hit the. Yeah. You felt like you'd hit the uh, hit the jackpot. Hit the yeah. jackpot with yeah. that. So now I know why you were so quick to stay in the second night. Yeah. With, with, <laughs> when I could be easily bought with so. crackers and. Uh, <laughs> Snacks and stuff. So I'm going to yeah. swing by there after uh, we're done here. I'm going to go by. Can you bring me back some so crackers? No. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're just thankful that mom is still with us. And um, yep. 
but it's so uh, we, we just want to uh, we kind of think that sharing some personal things you know we don't want to spend too much personal stuff on ours but we, we like to make a connection with those who listen to us and so hopefully that kind of helps you understand a little bit where we are in our lives and, and things that we're dealing with but you know it boy i mean it really does when you know in your situation like that it it, it really makes you think okay what do i really believe you know do we really yeah. believe this stuff or not yeah mom was at perfect peace uh regardless yeah. of what came out of that and um she said she was okay she's ready to go yeah. you know and i you know it's the idea of uh, for me to live as christ and to die as gain and that generally is her mm-hmm. yeah. viewpoint and and what she really believes in her heart and we do as well and yeah. so um so uh, and you know for us it was particularly or for me uh particularly um you know, it's almost a deja vu because we lost Teresa's mom just a month and a half earlier from a similar thing. There were other complications there, but anyway, so, um, so here we are. So we're done with our Christmas podcast. We're done with our new year's podcast. We've updated that. So this is just our run of the mill mid January podcast, I guess. Well, it's really the, the, I guess, well, I guess second one of the year. Yeah. Second, first one we've recorded, recorded in this year, correct. 24. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, and you but, said uh, you told me that you have a ton of well, I do. stuff. I mean, hey, well, let me give you one little thought. Ahead. I mean, since we're kind of working, uh, we, you know, we didn't know if we were facing the end with mom or not, you know, and one of the things that I kind of stumbled upon too and started reading is, you know, we, we've traditionally in Christianity, what's our reward? We say, you know, if you're a Christian, what happens to you, Jeff? What do you get? Well, I wouldn't say it, but other people would say heaven. You got to go to heaven. Yeah. It's you go to heaven. Yeah. Okay. I've been you know, thinking about this too. So let's see what right. you have to say. Right. See what well, dovetails what there's I'm a thinking. lot of scripture that talks about the fact that you have an inheritance in heaven. Okay. That's where it's kept. But okay. like, for instance, 1 Peter 1, uh, 4 and 5, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, mm-hmm. who by the power of God are being guarded by faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, I believe there is a dimension of the inheritance that's available now, but there is an inheritance in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot about the, you know, it says in Colossians 1, that he's qualified you to share in the inheritance. There's a lot of scripture about the inheritance. Um, it says you are sealed, Ephesians 1, 13, you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it. So there is a future inheritance. Okay. Um, and I think in one of my, one of the things I want to talk about is the fact that we've dumbed down so much stuff in modern day Christianity. And one of the things is just very simply, we have made the destination the entire reward. Yes. I would wholeheartedly you know, agree. That and, that and, is it's, a, um, and there's way more to it than even just that. But the fact of the matter is, is that the simple answer to that is heaven is not the reward as much as you know of course being with the lord but there's an inheritance in heaven and we don't know what that is well i mean we're talking about a new heaven a new earth so i, I think the heaven is going to be here well and that, that, I'm, so, I'm fine with it. yeah whatever yeah. that means yeah yeah but you have an inheritance in and it will be a new heaven there will be a new earth the bible is very clear about that um, but you have an inheritance, and we don't know what that is, do we? Do you know what it is? No. I mean, I, a few thought. I mean, one verse that comes to mind, and, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. I mean, we generally just ignored that verse. Yeah, right. I well, mean, I realize it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. I realize it's before the cross and all that. But so with all that understood, still, it mean, what, I mean, even what did it mean then? How in the world? I mean, sure, it sure doesn't look like that. Well, I mean, the meek shall inherit the earth. Well, shall doesn't say when that happens. Oh, well, you're yeah. right, right, right. But, I mean, man was given dominion over the earth yes, yep. originally and lost it, botched that. 
And so one of the things that happens clearly in the book of Revelation from a number of scriptures is that God is going to reestablish the earth. First Peter talks about he's going to have a new earth, new heaven, new earth. Talks about that in the Old Testament. Um, it looks like pretty clearly in Revelation that the, it, that heaven is redone. He recreates heaven, which is kind of mind-blowing, and brings it down to earth. And man ends up in the original vision, was, which was yeah. to live on earth in a redeemed earth yes. and to be able to rule over that. But there again, I still say we don't know, and I don't believe, that I don't know where God has defined what the inheritance is. This is one of many open-ended scriptures mm-hmm. that we know generally what the scripture is talking about, but we don't know specifically. Yeah, and, and this is one of the many things that there, uh, there's so much about the reality of God and and all that involved in, in, in this case, inheritance that I think are beyond our comprehension. You know, Ephesians 3 talks about more than we can comprehend or something yeah. to that effect. Now, it, it doesn't mean we can't know anything. Right, now, we certainly right. We do get revelation. We do, it, it is a, uh, we, there is enlightenment, there is an awakening, and so we do grow in that discovery, but we're just scratching the surface. And one of the things that there, frustrates so. me when I read these doctrinal guys, you know, all over social media and books and whatever, YouTube, they, everybody's got everything figured out. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much that's not nailed down in Scripture. Yeah. But, boy, we, we got this. Everybody's on their doctrinal high horse. See, part of the problem is as soon as you got an institution to support yeah. and an income stream, you got to know everything. On it, yeah. Well, you, you got to know everything, and then you can't change your mind. Yeah, right. You know, and there have been a few that have done that. There have been a few that have walked away um, because they they changed their mind. But that's but this whole thing. I even have one of my notes written down for is um, the Christian life is not about getting to heaven. Right. And there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the New Testament that's that, thrown in, but it's not the ultimate. Well, even in. I mean, in terms of what's commonly thought of of heaven, yeah, right, we're going some right. distant up in the you know, universe around, somewhere right, right, and all this right, stuff is not right, what it's about. Right. Um, there's a lot of New Testament scriptures, and I, I didn't, I don't have, I got one I want to read here, but I, I don't have a lot of verses prepared. But I want to look at that more in the future. But you know, Jesus is the Savior of the world. So what does that mean? I mean, does he? Is it, I mean, we tended to think the world's just gonna, you know, the world's just gonna get worse and worse and worse, and it's just gonna destroy the world. Then we all go to heaven. Well, how's that saving the world? You know, that, I mean, that's kind of a common type of thing. But a lot of verses talk about, you know, redeeming this verse. So one of the, one of the verses, Romans 8, I'm, I, you're familiar with this, but give me your thoughts on this, kind of think through this. I'm going to read two or three verses here. For I consider uh, that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory which shall be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Right. I'm going to keep reading, but just that part. I mean, so creation. Yeah, creation. The earth. Creation is, is ready for waiting. Some, yeah, oh, yeah. For oh, the yeah. sons of God to be revealed, right? And so, I, you know, I think some of that, and most of that, I don't. You understand. know, there's a whole denomination that was built off of that verse. It was uh, a pretty no, wonky no. denomination, oh, very yeah. small, but anyway, but but you know, even not even what that is. A lot of times, these wonky things that are out there. They did get a nugget of yeah, truth. Yeah, they did now, they get just, a nugget. They just ran they just, too far with it just, or whatever. That's all they had. <laughs> right, it was like they right. made everything, built everything around. And that. This is for this for the creation was subject to futility, not willingly. But because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, not only the creation, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits, the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, 
we were saved, and now hope that is seen is not hope. Who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So, I mean, there's something there, I think, that now we're children of God already, but there is something I don't think who we really are has been revealed oh, yet. Oh, it hasn't been. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, yeah. one of the thinking, and I'm thinking it might be right, that over time, I mean, one of the things we forget about is that God works much slower than we would like him yeah. to work at times. True, That that there will be a, you know, to us gradual, and then maybe at some point it will speed up, an understanding of who we are and the children of God will begin to be revealed more as who they are. Yeah, see, that's another one of those. Where does that really mean? When yeah. does that happen? What pace does it happen? We don't know. We just know it's going to happen. How it happens, I don't think, is played out yet. And there's things but about that, you know the that, restoration of all things. You know, there's or the word restorations many times. They yeah. kind of get restore the, yeah. the earth and things like that. And um, so, yeah, I think mean, there's just a lot that we don't know. And But, boy, I mean, I find myself just thinking, okay, it sounds – I just need to be open to – considering things I haven't considered before. Yeah. On how All right. Well, you, you've so. dovetailed into one of the things I want to talk about. One of the things that frustrates me about what I hear come out of the Christian community is that we have just dumbed down pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. The Bible makes some amazing statements. Um, a lot of them are not necessarily clearly defined, but they're absolutely amazing. But we dumb everything down to where we can kind of get our arms around it. So let me give you some examples, okay, of things All we've right. done, Okay. Um, like for instance, well, first what we talked about the like the cross was not enough. That's one thing we've dumbed down the effect of the cross. Mm-hmm. We've uh, and I've got a whole. I may do this on another podcast, but we've talked about you know Jesus talked about the kingdom a lot. We've talked about how you know Paul talked about it. The kingdom was whatever it was was pretty amazing, and Jesus said point blank, it's not visible. Yeah, but today the kingdom is visible. When you when you to hear people to hear pastors and a lot of teachers talk about it, the kingdom is structural. You know, it's your yeah. programs, it's your institution, it's your, you know we're building a wing onto the fellowship hall. We're building the kingdom. What's the phrase? Nickels, yeah, nickels, noses, and or nickels and noses. About the only two you can't yeah. nickels and noses. How many people and how the offerings go? Well, yeah, but I mean, there? just so, and we talk and we call that the kingdom. Yeah, we're building the kingdom. What yeah. are we doing? You know, you're building a wing on the fellowship hall. That's not building the kingdom. We've dumbed the kingdom down to a brick and mortar structure roger we appreciate or, you leading a small group you're we appreciate you, your help in building yeah, the kingdom yeah, yeah. or you served on a committee you served <laughs> yeah. on the whatever committee and so committee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we dumbed that down we've made repentance really it's a change of mind a change of focus mm-hmm. that really just kind of sorry just you know, i'm sorry I, yeah. for what i did we've made worship pretty much all musical yeah worship is pretty much the music that goes on in a structured gathering that's now worship the fog machine don't forget about yeah. the fog machine yeah and well, and then you know, church is now the production that happens in the box. It's what happened. That's what the church is now. The Bible oh. says the church is the people, and we've made it. No, no, it's the event that goes on inside the box, inside the building on the weekends. Uh, when you're done here, I've got a good post. I'm going to read to you that fits right All with that. Right. Well, you can read that one now. I got a couple. Okay, so right. talking about the church um, individual. I don't know super well. Um, just only a little bit through uh, Facebook. Jim Fowler. Some of our uh, listeners may be uh, familiar with him. He posts some good stuff from time to time. I really liked what he posted the other day, and this is about basically church type of thing. Um, I'm going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read a couple paragraphs. So he, he describes kind of a Sunday school teacher where people are bored and, you know, the typical teaching style and all that. Um, then he writes this, and his term for Christians is Christ ones, Christ hyphen ones. I, I forget exactly why he uses that, but he yeah. uses that term. So did you know that Christ ones in the early church did not gather to do Bible studies? 
None of them had Bibles. Even 1,600 years later, very few Christians had Bibles. Mm-hmm. For the printing industry initiated by Gutenberg in the 15th century and not yet produced personal volumes, uh, da, 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 said they share. So if early Christians did not engage in Bible study, what did they do when they assembled? Right. They shared what the living Lord Jesus within them was doing as he lived out his life and their daily interactions with one another in the world. The Christian, I love this quote, their Christian faith was relational rather than informational. Right. I've got a little bit more I'm going to read, but that, that's a great phrase. Yeah. Right? Christian faith was relational rather than informational. Right. I mean, today it's all about how much no, you know, that's how much academic. He goes on, the purpose of our gathering as Christ wants is not to listen. <laughs> this is funny. Is not to listen to a designated teacher regurgitating biblical data transmission. Rather than listening to a personal monologue of biblical interpretation, we need to be sharing in dialogue how the Christ life has affected our lives and relationships. And he talks about the Holy Spirit living within us. Uh, then he ends with this, uh, so that we can be taught through the Holy Spirit or by the Spirit through one another and the practicalities of how the Christ life has been sufficient both in our trials and temptations as well as in fruitful demonstration of the character of Christ. The issue is Jesus, his life lived out to the glory of God. That fits with what you're saying, I yeah. think. We have dumbed down the church to just a a, a um, little mini-concert and a TED Talk. And, and I think so. we, we, we require that everybody experience the Lord the way we do. Yeah, We want it all to be the yeah. same. And what God's doing in you and the directions and can be totally different than what he's doing in me or somebody else. And there's a tendency to try to get other people like one-on-one, you know, decide the whole thing, discipleship. Of, yeah. Okay, I need to get you to experience God the way I have. Right. Well, that right. may not be... You need to be in my program, my path. Yeah. Now, let me keep going. Okay, so okay. church, we dumbed down church to be a production of box. Salvation is just now admittance into heaven. We've talked about that. The word of God, instead of being the living uh, Christ, whose word became flesh, the word of God is now a book, uh, you know, published by Zondervan, you know. Yeah. Um, gr- grace is a gap filler, you know, instead of being the energizer of our lives mm-hmm. when God has done it, it just makes up the gaps when you can't obey enough or do enough of your religious obligations. And I love this one. You know, we... The Bible is very clear, and people have recognized that we have been made righteous. I mean, even some people who don't know much about the Bible would admit that righteous is something that's given to us. But we've, you know, we've done some weird things with it. But one of the things we've said is, well, that's positional, Jeff. Yeah, it's your position. Yeah. So it's not a reality. You're not really right. That's just kind of an arbitrary position that God. You know, He kind of sees you that way, but you're not really. You know that. that but that's yeah. why we've dumbed it yeah. down. Yeah. Um, the cross is kind of just a religious accessory now, or it's the logo, you know. Um, and then prayer, we've dumbed down to basically four elements. We pray for traveling mercies, or you get a safe trip to, to Cincinnati. The doctor will recall everything he learned in uh, you know med school. God would help the doctors. We pray for parking spaces and the all-purpose lifting up. Jeff, I'm just going to lift you up. Isn't that, a, isn't that an interesting <laughs> image, you know? Yeah. Like, God may not notice because if I lift you up, say, hey, God, you know, we got Jeff over here. He's got a problem. I want you to, you know, I'm going to lift you up. I think some of the terminologies we use are so I, funny. I mean, I have the nerve to do this, and it, and it would not be the loving thing to do, so it probably would not be a good thing to do. But someone says, well, if someone says to me, Jeff, I want to lift you up, <laughs> then, you know, what would crossed my mind, you know, lift you up to the Lord. And I understand, and I do appreciate, you know, when people pray. When people were praying for mom, we appreciate that. You know, regardless of all the theological yeah. leanings, we still that's appreciate fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so with Absolutely. that being said, the idea of someone said, we're going to lift you up before the Lord, I can say, hey, I've already been ascended with him. I'm dead, yeah. risen with him. I am ascended. Well, I am already ascended to the right hand of the Father. No need to lift me up. I am already there. Yeah, right. I <laughs> mean, there, it, done that. that's another thing we've dumbed down. It says we have been seated with Christ. Yeah, well, yeah. we don't, you know, it, it's like we just don't want to deal with things that can't be easily, they're not tangible or easily, you know, we want to make everything 
like the kingdom, we got to make it tangible. You got to see the program, see the building. We just don't like stuff that's has a has a loose end to it. And I just think we we really underestimate how good the good news is. Yeah, that, that's we why just. We it, I mean, down. it gets you know for me it gets better and better all the time. The news doesn't change; it's just my discovery of it gets changed. And I heard someone talking the other day that we talk too much about this fits with too much about what we're saved from, and not enough about what we're saved to. Right. I mean, we are saved. So an inheritance, you yeah. know, what all that involves, and, and we know a little bit, but we'll know a lot more. But it's not just a matter of you know a get out of hell free card. It, right. It's a matter of coming into the full revelation of who we are as children of God. Right seated with him now face to face with the father being totally loved and i mean it's an exciting life an exciting fellowship that that will begin here and i think we'll you know we'll continue forever in a new a new earth i think the, the way we're designed to be i think jesus exemplified what god is wants for every one of us and what every one of us will be like yeah you know let me give you let me give you another one of my one of my prime examples i can't believe i forgot to put this on the list but in ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 where it says that we are God's masterpiece or his handiwork, was a translation, mm-hmm. creating Christ Jesus for good works that we God has prepared for us, advanced for us to do. Well, we always see good works as well. That's doing good things for people. That's doing nice things mm-hmm. for people. But it doesn't say that. It's a, it's a work that's good for you. It's a work. It's something that yeah. God has a plan for you that's very good. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that is. And it's probably, I'm sure it's different for different people. But God has something for you that's specifically tailored to you that you can walk in. So it's not just a matter of, okay, we're saved by grace through faith, so we're now a grace potato, and nothing ever happens after that. Mm-hmm. There is a uh, uh, an adventure in this. Yes, absolutely. That and, and it's different for different people. But nobody ever talks about that. We don't talk about the fact that God has something that could be mind-blowing for you. Yeah. It could be di- It's different for different people. But that's another example of kind of a loose end mm-hmm. in Scripture that I don't believe God meant to nail that down. I think of the verse, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly, and he's not talking yeah. about sitting on a cloud playing a harp. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they're getting to have an abundant life here. Now, what does that right. mean? We don't That's know for sure. Yeah. yeah, we, you know. So. And I, I think, yeah, I think there's a whole lot more here and now that God has for us way beyond what we can think or imagine right yeah. now. And when we just open ourselves to that possibility, okay, God, you know, reveal... You know, that verse we've talked about before, the Holy Spirit reveals the things freely given to us in Christ. That's a great prayer. Right. Holy Spirit, reveal to me the things freely given to me in Christ. It's a matter of knowing who we already are and what we already have and and going from that platform and how loved we are. You know, 2 Peter, you know, God has given us everything we need for life and and godliness. godliness. Now, what does that all mean? We don't know. That that could be a lot of, I mean, everything we need for life and godliness, everything, his power's done that. Well, no, he doesn't mean everything. Oh, it must be something. It must mean he gives you the ability to serve in the nursery. That must be what that means. It's not that good of news, Roger. Don't get carried away. I mean, okay. (laughs) It is good news. Next podcast, I got something to share with you about for the, from the marketing standpoint. Since you're a graphic uh, design, uh, since you head up the graphic design department for the Fields Brothers, I am the graphic design well, okay, department. Whatever, for the whatever. <laughs> but, but there, there's an opportunity there that I don't know if you're aware of or not. I'm going to fill you in on the next podcast. All right, all right. <laughs>